Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. All right, in three, two, one. Welcome back to episode 161 of Two Drunk Brothers in a Podcast. More like one drunk brother and a couple buddies. Uh, today, we are just myself, Travis, and then we have multiple time recurring guests, Ethan. One-time recurring guest, Sean Malone, on for our 2022 NFL mock draft that we do every year. Ethan's done this with us. This is, what, the fourth year now? Uh, He's been with us every single time. And then Sean has not done this with us yet, but big football head guy. Jared is out, had his kid last week, didn't get home from the hospital uh, until this weekend, so he has had no time uh, to do that. So it's just us. But we move forward like usual, and we'll keep going. Still does not not change the vibe one bit. All the rules stay the same from previous years. So if you reach, you pick somebody who's already been on the board, you chug a beer. Uh, so that's the deal. What's going on, guys? Not much. How are things going, Uncle Travis? It's going. <laughs> Uncle Travis, yeah. <laughs> uh, pretty good. Pretty good. How are you, Ethan? I'm good. Everything is uh, going well. We actually just got back from Ohio this past week, and I had a wedding up in Columbus. So sat down about an hour ago, started some prep for this, and here we are. All right. Here we are. Um, yeah, I uh, just got back from actually the first time we actually haven't been able to do this in person. We almost did it uh, last weekend when I was in D.C. visiting Ethan, but we didn't get to do that done came home and I was sick all week last week from, from Ethan. He brought some, brought some sickness back with me, but here we are finally recovered. I think this is the first alcoholic beverage I've had uh, since then. So it's been a little bit over a week. Cheers to sobriety. Um, (laughs) Without further ado, we are going to start this draft picks one through 32 first round. Uh, if you don't remember how we do it, we just go in order. So the order is going to go Sean, me, Ethan. No snake draft. Just keep going in that order. We can do trades, uh, which we can kind of talk about now. Does anyone have a trade top of their head, a, tr- a pick that they were wanting to trade out of or up or down to start the draft? I'll start. I've got one of the two Giants picks at number seven, and I got a feeling just – with next year's quarterback class, the Giants might be looking to move back from one of those two picks and kind of do what they did last year, move back from their pick deeper in the first round and pick up an extra first round pick from next year's draft. That way they have something to put together if they need to move up to one or two to get one of those top two quarterbacks in the draft next year. So I've only got seven. That's the only one I can move. I think which one gets moved depends on how teams feel about whether or not the Carolina Panthers have their eye on a specific quarterback at six. And if teams want to jump ahead of them to take that quarterback. Ethan, I think you have the Panthers, right? 
I do, yes indeed. I have the Panthers at six, so I I mean I hadn't given it much thought regarding whether or not I was gonna trade back, trade up, um, with really any of my picks, but because as of right now, I feel like I'm just going to stand pat unless something happens live during the draft. And I'm like, man, that's somebody that I really wanted. Or I see a receiver or a cornerback or something go off the board and the the uh, quality of them starts to go down and feel like I need to move up. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I don't think that they need to move up quite yet. I have one team that I was looking at possibly trading up, and that is the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. They're currently at number 20, but I don't think that they would want to make the jump all the way up to, to the uh, to the Giants pick at number seven. I think they'd have to give up quite a bit for that. Um, so That's I guess where we'll... I see the sweet spot is like this. I think the Steelers and Giants are kind of aligned for one another. It's just whether or not both of them can kind of find that number that works for the Steelers and works for the Giants as well. That's assuming the Steelers love one of these two top two quarterbacks in the draft. Yeah, and I think I don't think it's worth trading that much uh, capital for. Then again, could see them trading like up to seven and then back down to like ten or eleven uh, to kind of get some of that back. But not going to go that far that that deep dive. So if we don't have any trades off the start of it, let's kick it off. Sean, pick number one. I'm sure you know who you want. You got everyone on the board. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, Sean Malone. Aiden Hutchinson, edge rusher, (laughs) Michigan. This is probably going to be the easiest pick of the entire draft. I know there's some rumblings about Trayvon Walker potentially going there. I'm not buying that. Uh, I think it's Aiden Hutchinson all the way. He seems like the safest bet, and he seems like he has one of the highest ceilings of any player in this draft as well. Just uh, the, the next coming of a Jared Allen, Joey Bosa, Nick Bosa type of edge rusher where he's just bigger and more physical than everyone around him. Yep, that is where I had him falling as well. So I have zero complaints about that. I think that it's kind of weird because usually we have quarterbacks done deal as number one. This is, I feel like Aiden Hutchinson number one is about as big as a done deal as it's going to get. Yeah, I have, for I have this draft. Else to, to add with that, I think that that was my <laughs> number one pick as well. Um, so All right. I, I have nothing else to say about that pick. Okay, well, that leads on to number two, the Detroit Lions, which is me. Um, I thought that if, you know, if if Sean wasn't going to pick Aiden Hudson, that I was going to swoop him up. I think the Detroit Lions are going to take that next best edge rusher on the board, and I think that that is Kayvon Thibodeau, uh, edge rusher from Oregon. I had them as a need to beef up the defensive line and their uh, defensive backfield. Obviously, I don't think they're going to take a defensive back this early in the draft. So I think that after Hutchinson and Thibodeau, there's pretty big drop-off in edge rush talent. Um, They were 30th in sacks last year. This helps fill that void a little bit. Um, And so I think that is the route that they go. I I agree with that. I just – the fact that corner is in the cards, I think, is just interesting because you know, what's it say about Jeff Okuda, who they took two years ago, number three overall, that you're already spending another high-value pick on potentially his replacement. I know last year he was hurt and missed all season, didn't have a good rookie year, and it's a new regime that's in charge now, but it really looks bad if you're already replacing a top three overall pick after two years. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying replacing. You know, there's there's a lot of a lot of 
areas where a defensive back can go. They can get somebody who's more of a hybrid. They put in a safety position. I just think they do need some help because it seems year after year that Detroit Lions are just getting roasted over the top. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think they go defensive line uh, with this number with this pick here. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I could have seen them going with a defensive back too, like a Derek Stingley or even an Ahmad Gardner. But I think it's hard to go wrong with the arguably probably the second best edge rusher in the class um, with somebody that they desperately need. So, yep. All right. Well, if you guys don't have any arguments about that, let's move on to the number third pick, Ethan. Yes. So for the third pick, we have the Houston Texans who really have several areas where I think that they could go with this pick, but they do have two first round picks in this draft. I think for this spot here, um, knowing the help that they need in the defensive back area, I think that they take Ahmad Gardner with a third overall pick um, in this position. Gardner, to me, I think is easily the best cornerback in the class. I think he's better than Derek Stingley Jr. Um, He didn't even allow a touchdown in his entire career, and he started since he was a true freshman. Um, He only surrendered 131 yards in the 14 games that he played this past year. So I think it's really hard for them to pass up on a corner like that to really help bolster that secondary, which is in desperate need of of some help in that, especially because they lost uh, Justin Reed, I believe, this past offseason as well. I like it. Uh, It's it's hard to look at this Texans team and be like, what don't they need? (laughs) But I I do like that pick. I think Amon Gardner is going to do pretty well in the NFL. No, I, I agree as well. I think Sauce Gardner has a good future. I love his size and athleticism combination. And like you said, like he hasn't allowed a touchdown in college. So he is a like a Richard Sherman, Antonio Cromartie, big, great cover corner. I, I, I like that for the Houston Texans, especially for need. Like you said, it, they could go in any direction. I think at this point, it's just best player available at number three overall. If that's one of the top two edge rushers that happens to fall to them, great. If not, whoever's the next highest on their board, I think they have to go. Do, how does he one get the name nickname Sauce? I'll tell Somebody, you, I looked into it. He apparently got right. it in like Pop Warner days because he like always loved dipping sauce. Like so, he just got called Sauce That's, Garner, and right. no pun That's intended, it stuck. <laughs> all right, cool. Nice. Didn't know that. <laughs> I, I didn't think that. I thought maybe like, it had something to do with like oh, Sauce. He's all over the def- you know the wide receiver or something like that. You know, covering them with sauce. But no, apparently it's like a youth football thing. Cause I didn't think that he like ever went by that to like, as of recently, but I guess if it's an old name, then whatever, so be it. At least that's what the internet said. And you know, you can't put anything on the internet. That's not true. <laughs> that's true. All right. Um, I like that pick. Let's go on to pick number four. And this is Sean with the New York jets. Yeah, the jets can go a couple different ways here. I know some people are thinking offensive line. I'm not sold on offensive line, at least not with the fourth pick, just because I think they have other needs to address, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Um, And they did spend some significant cap space on the offensive line uh, this offseason. So I think they go a different direction at the fourth overall pick. And I'm split between two here. I think it's either Trayvon Walker, the edge rusher out of Georgia, that – 
You know, didn't have the sack production in college that people think he could have if he was utilized differently. Not that he was underutilized, but they were kind of just moving him all over the place. And then Derek Stingley Jr., the corner out of LSU. I think if the Jets could bear him across from Michael Carter, that could be a really nice corner duo. This is a deep edge rusher class. The Jets have the 10th pick. Um, wide receiver could be in the mix. I think four is a little high for that. So I'm going to go with Derek Stingley Jr. out of LSU. All right. Good pick. Four defensive players off the board to start the NFL draft. I like it. I think uh, I think it's obviously fits the need for them. Have no problem with them taking that uh, pick right there at four. Yeah, I also like it too. And I also think that should Ahmad Gardner still be there at four if, say, the Texans don't take him, I think that they would take Ahmad Gardner as well. Um, I think it really mm-hmm. is just depends on what fits their needs best between those two. But I think as long as one of those two are on the board, I think that that's, that's a good pick for them to go. I agree. I think the consensus is that Gardner is better than Stingley Jr., but Stingley Jr. has got that athleticism, and he had that 2019 season that people fell in love with. So, like, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that Stingley Jr. could go higher, but I think the consensus is that Sauce Gardner is going to be drafted higher than Stingley Jr., more more likely than not. I agree. All right. With that being said, uh, you know, these first first five, ten picks usually roll pretty fast just because don't have much discrepancy because you know who you want. Everyone's still on the board. Just so happened to be the same for me here. Number five, uh, New York Giants on the board. That is me. I am not going to trade out because I think, uh, you know, that they have a good pick right here. I am taking Evan Neal, tackle, Alabama. Uh, Sean, New York Giants fan. I saw you kind of nod your head. You like mm-hmm. that pick? I love it. I'm I'm really split between him and Aquanu as to who I like better at offensive tackle. I think Neal offers better positional flexibility because he's played on the right side. Aquano is just being projected to the right side, how he'd be and both play guard in college as well. Um, So I think that across from Andrew Thomas, who was the lone good giant on the offensive line (laughs) last year, the rest, the, uh, the joke that I've been making for years, sadly, because the giants haven't improved is, you know, subway turnstiles do a better job of keeping people out than the giants offensive line. (laughs) But uh, no, pairing him across from Thomas, I think, would be fantastic. The lone knock on him has been his balance. He seems to get knocked to the turf quite a bit. Um, Iquanu's knock is that he's not, you know, the best pass protector. But I think Evan Neal wins out in this case. Just like I said, he's played on the right side. That's what the Giants are looking. They're looking for a right tackle to bookend across from Thomas. And I, I think that's the pick at number five for the Giants. Yeah, I mean, he's he's really just a can't miss. Uh, offensive line prospect, and that's something that the Giants have needed now uh, to kind of bolster that. Like I had in my notes, excellent spot. He doesn't need to be thrown in to left tackle. He's going to mm-hmm. put their right tackle, right side of the line where he belongs, or where he belongs to start in the NFL. Uh, so I think that that is almost a done deal, especially if not him. Uh, they're going to go offensive line for sure. I think he's the best offensive pro- line prospect in my eyes. Yeah, the nightmare scenario that as a Giants fan would be is if the top four picks wind up being the top two edge rushers and then Iquanu and Neal. Not that I don't think Cross <laughs> is good, but Cross has only played left tackle. And I think he'll be good in the NFL, but I think there's like a slight dip in uh, what people are expecting from Iquanu and Neal versus Cross. 
Um, and then the Giants are sitting there at five, and like the best four fits are not there. And you'll reach a little and take a Charles Cross, or do you take an edge rusher and hope the Panthers, who are going to be on the clock next, don't take Cross at six? And then you're sitting there at seven and potentially reaching to, you know, a, take a mid round offensive tackle or just be stuck with the best player available and not address the O line. That's the nightmare scenario. Yeah. I don't think it's going to happen, though. I think that uh, one of the two offensive tackles falls in your lap here. Uh, so that's who I got, Ethan. I'm sure you don't have any disagreements at all. Uh, so no, if you are not, ready. Especially be- yeah, you're Go good. Ahead. I was just going to say because <laughs> I feel like, and, and I could be wrong, again, limited prep just getting back from Ohio, but I feel like the uh, offensive line class this year is – top heavy and then kind of thins out as you go so i feel like if you don't grab somebody here um like uh sean said you're gonna be reaching for those for those mid-round guys so hi i'm grace and i'm an indie vet i'm also home from work at six and already transformed into a princess mommy put on your clown that's because i've got complete control of my schedule plenty of shifts that fit my life and a team like no other it's a whole new way to vet indie vets when Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Ooh, hold up. Just got a new sale, order fulfilled, and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Oh, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. Yeah, it's kind of like top 10, and then you're going to have to wait till like mid-20s to mm-hmm. get anyone less to, without reaching. Good players, but there's a after Charles Cross, there's a dip in, you know, what, like, you know, Charles Cross, Iguanu, Neil, those guys are all pro bowls, all pro level talents, potentially. The guys after that are ones that, you know, you're hoping to become starters and, you know, reach a few pro bowls. You're not expecting them to be all pro level talents like you are from the other top three guys. Right. Absolutely. With that being said, we have the sixth pick up. Ethan with the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, so kind of going along with what I just said about offensive linemen, and I know that the Panthers here, it's there's a lot of talk that QB could be on the table, and I'll kind of give you my reasoning as to why I don't think that's the case. I think, and this is all speculation, but just based on things I've heard um, kind of up in the air, is that the Panthers might look to, to grab a guy like a Baker Mayfield. Um, they also might look to see what they have with Sam Darnold for one more year. And while I don't think that that's the best option, um, the fact that Baker Mayfield is out there and is, has potential to, to be somebody who they bring in, I think that they might hold off on grabbing a Malik Willis or a Sam Powell or Sam Howell. So I think with the sixth overall pick that they are going to go with Aquanu from NC state and kind of bolster that offensive line for not only whatever quarterback is under center starting in 2022, but also to offer some more protection for Christian McCaffrey, because as we've seen, 
he's it's been a struggle for him to stay healthy so adding some more protection aquano is a really good um, run blocker to bring in a guy like that to help out um, open up some of those holes i think is a pick that you really can't go wrong with especially now that evan neal is off the board sean I, I agree with that. If you're not going to go quarterback at number six, I think it's going to be an offensive tackle. Um, I think part of the reason they could go quarterback at six is, you know, we've seen four years of just Sam Darnold stinking it up. And are they in Carolina, the front office and the coaching staff, are they going to hitch their wagon to Sam Darnold? And, you know, hoping that Ben McAdoo is offensive coordinator is going to somehow turn around Sam Darnold I and mean, ask it in New Yorker. I mean, maybe two negatives make a positive, but I don't really see that working out with them. So I could kind of see them trying to spin it as, all right, we took Malik Willis or we took Kenny Pickett. So we need some time to develop him and then hoping that buys them that time. But I, th- I kind of feel like this is a do or die season for Carolina. So, you know, if they're not taking a QB at six, they are betting on Sam Darnold or a Baker Mayfield if they go out and get him. Um, and you know, that's a, that's a risky bet to make. I know we like betting on this podcast, but you know, that's, like I said, are you willing to bet on Sam Darnold? If you wind up unable to get Baker Mayfield and not landing one of the top quarterbacks in round two. Yeah, it's tough. It's just, actually, it's they just don't like, have a second know. round pick because of Sam Darnold. Yeah. I, just, it's such a weird draft class because no one knows if any of these quarterbacks are going to amount to much or be ready to go. I don't think that if they were to draft a quarterback that they would throw him into the mix immediately anyway. So you might as well wait and try to draft a superstar next year if that's kind of the route that you're choosing to go. I think on the topic of QBs, Pickett's the more pro-ready QB. You know, he's faced the higher level of competition as well. That's yep. one of the big knocks on Malik Willis is, you know, the biggest competition he faced was Ole Miss. And he had a brutal game against Ole Miss. So I think anyone that takes Malik Willis is not planning on starting him right away, which is fine. But like I said, if you're, you know, that can kind of buy you some time. If you draft Malik Willis, you know, Matt Rule can sit there and when pleading for his coaching career at the end of the season, say, listen, we have to start Sam Darnold the first 12 games of the year because Malik Willis was not ready yet. That's why we were bad. Yeah. Trying to get a little Cam Newton 2.0. Mm-hmm. Going with Malik Willis, kind of a mobile quarterback. I could see that, uh, but I also don't hate Ethan's pick as well. So with that being said, pick number seven, Sean, your New York Giants are on the clock. I have a pick I would love the Giants to make. And since what we're doing here is what I think the Giants will do, it's not going to be that pick. The pick I would love to see the Giants make is Kyle Hamilton. You know, pair him in the back second of the secondary with Xavier McKinney. I, I know the 40 time doesn't look great, but if you watch his tape and the amount of ground he covers, I do not care about that 40 time. He's going to be a fantastic safety in the NFL, but I don't think that's the pick the Giants make. I think the Giants are, besides offensive line, they've been searching for that premier edge rusher for a while. Aziz Ojolari had a good season last year out of the second round from Georgia. I think they're going back to the Georgia pool and taking Trayvon Walker, the edge rusher, who kind of mentioned him a little bit before he's got that athleticism. This is a deep edge rusher class, but I think Trayvon Walker has that upside that the giants would love. And if you get the two of them coming off the edge together and wing Martindale system, I think that's going to be a really nice fit for the giants. All right. Trayvon Walker. Is that the pick, but that's not the pick you want. That's just the pick. I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate it, but I would prefer Kyle Hamilton. I'm also a Notre Dame fan, admittedly. So that's part of it too. I've watched plenty of Kyle Hamilton and like you you watch it. 
go watch the interception he had against Florida State back in the beginning of the year. He starts off on one side of the field's far hash mark and picks it off deep down the field on the opposite sideline. It's an unbelievable amount of ground that he covers. He's just an unreal talent in the back end. So that's why I would love to see the Giants take him, but I think they're going to just value edge rusher over safety, and that can be part of the reason why Kyle Hamilton kind of slips a little bit in this draft. I could see him falling out of the top 10 more for that reason than the 40-yard dash. I think either way, though, regardless, uh, the two picks, at least what we've made so far for the New York Giants, uh, is it would be a success at five and seven for them. So Agreed. I, uh, I like that pick there. Next on the clock is my Atlanta Falcons. Um, not my Atlanta Falcons, but that's the team I have. If I were Atlanta Falcons <laughs> fan, I think I would just drink a bottle of Jack every Sunday, but that's not the case. Um, as far as Atlanta Falcons need, they need everything under the sun. Uh, they had absolutely nothing. They're pretty much starting like fresh, almost. I feel like at this point. So to start fresh, what you need, or what not really what you need, but what they're going to go for is quarterback. And I think a good fit for them is Kenny Pickett, and that's who I have them taking here. Uh, Mariota, I think he's only a one year in between for them to get a quarterback kind of mentor guy, not a bad quarterback to have mentoring. Um, not to mention they only have two quarterbacks on the roster, him, Felipe Franks. Uh, obviously, Felipe Franks is not their future of the team. Uh, so I think with just the fact that they have a ton of needs, quarterback class isn't very deep, but it's deep enough for them to take probably the first quarterback off the board at pick number eight. And Kenny Pickett's a good guy for them to take there. Not that I think it's a bad pick, but where do we define what a reach is at this point? Uh, I mean, because uh, pro football focus, and like I said, I think it's a good pick, but pro football focus has him in the 40s, and uh, the draft yeah, network.com has him in the 20s. Most like boards, though, for I feel like quarterbacks are different. That's almost yeah. every year. Every where, quarterbacks where always rise in April. Yeah. That's what I always say. Like you got and there are, and there's going like, to be yeah, a there might be one or two that go in the first round, and then like on draft day, it's like yeah, we could see as many as four or five that go in round one. Yeah, we uh, we we both said that, or you said that Kenny Pickett's the most pro ready. I think Kenny Pickett's the best mm-hmm. quarterback in this draft, uh, and I think a quarterback's going to go top ten. There's just no way. I agree, doesn't. and so. That's why I wanted to ask, since this is my first draft (laughs) podcast with you guys, what the definition of a reach is at that point. No, that's not a reach. Okay, that's fair. That's not – if if you guys both agreed, I would chug, but I don't think it's a reach. I mean, do I think that he needs to be picked there? No, Mm -hmm. but a quarterback's going to be picked in the top ten. Yeah, you're not waiting. You, You go get your guy. You don't wait for your quarterback to fall to you. That's how you wind up sitting there and, you know, all of a sudden it's like, all right, am I taking the fifth best quarterback or are we rolling with what we've got to start the year? Yeah. And I think this could be really good for them. I think Kenny Pickett is a solid quarterback uh, and it just kind of fits just the play style that are the Atlanta Falcons. Mm -hmm. I was going to make a really bad uh, Calvin Ridley joke and say, are you sure you didn't (laughs) want to take a gamble on a wide receiver? Um, (laughs) That they lost him and Russell Gates. But I do like that pick as well. I think that if you if you are looking for your quarterback and your guy that you're going to bring out to start the season too, especially now that you've lost Matt Ryan, I think you have to go get him regardless of where he's at on the board if he's your guy. 
Yeah, I think it's between him and Willis, whether or not you have, you know, because you're looking more than just the short term here if you're the Falcons. Like you said, right. they need everything. They Like, no matter who the Falcons take at number eight overall, the Falcons are in for a rough season. Um, they could take a wide receiver to be the heir apparent and maybe hope a QB falls to them in round two. Uh, Malik Willis is a Georgia native, um, so they could potentially look to go him and just let him learn for a year under Mariota, who an athletic running quarterback plays a similar style. But I think if you know, you're know you looking for the top quarterback that's ready right now, Kenny Pickett's that guy. And I like what you said, how he kind of fits the system that uh, their coach has there. Coach Smith, I believe it is, uh, in Atlanta. And it's not like – and it's like you said, they're going to struggle regardless. So if you want to take Kenny Pickett, who's NFL ready – you don't have to start him right away, but you could start him halfway mm-hmm. through the season because it's not like your season is going to be on the line regardless. Yeah. So you could just throw him in there and say, hey. Learn on the fly. Go. Here you go. Uh, so that's who I got. I thought it was, uh, it was decent. Sorry that you thought it was a reach, Sean. <laughs> I thought, uh, <laughs> I, not that I thought it was a reach. I said it, I, it was a good pick. I just want to know what the rule that would define a reach is. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, with that being said, after eight picks, we are going to take our first little stoppage. So we will be right back. Um, only reason I asked is because I feel like I am, like my connection is really unstable where I'm at. So I'm going to move closer to the router to try to make it, because I don't want to like risk, you know, we being in the middle of this draft and then suddenly either you can't hear what I'm saying or it's cutting in and out the whole time. And so when you listen to it live, it's not great. So I'm going to try to move to the uh, kitchen. Where the router okay. sitting and make it a little bit better. So let me move this setup and I will be right back. Yeah, my nightmare scenario, which will probably come true because it's my nightmare <laughs> scenario, is the Giants are sitting there at five, top two edge rushers, top two tackles are gone, and like they do something stupid at five. Like, not that I would hate taking him, but like go Sauce Gardner or Derek Stingley Jr. or something like that. Because um, we're, we're probably getting rid of Bradbury at some point this uh, coming weekend. I'd, I'd be shocked if he's still on the team at the end of the draft. And uh, yeah, and then all of a sudden, you know, Charles Cross goes sixth and the Giants are sitting there at seven like, well, are we taking Trevor Penning or are we just taking two defensive <laughs> players and just letting Daniel Jones get murdered again? <laughs> yeah, that would not be – uh, fun. I mean, I there's no way. I think that there's going to be an, a tackle. I, I'd be shocked. Um, and even if it gets to that point, I've you know I've been reading for months now. The Giants love Charles Cross, so I think Cross would be the pick. It would just be one of those like the Giants would just try to think they're smarter than everyone. And like with a new regime, it's hard to figure that out. Like Gettleman, that's absolutely something Gettleman would do. Think he's smarter than everybody <laughs> in every draft room. Friggin' idiot. Try. <laughs> God. The, wolf, the you, saving grace is that he got us the Miami's third round pick and the Bears' seventh overall pick this year. Like that is the the parting gift of four years of awful drafting from Dave Gettleman. If you watch tape using a Wii controller, <laughs> you are you already know that you're fucked up. Yeah, that's still my pin tweet. <laughs> I like so notice that the Giants are like posting a video of like you know getting ready for the draft or whatever, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm always watching film." I'm like, is he watching that on Nintendo Wii? <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, Dave Gettleman thinking- breaking down draft tape like it's 2006. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, like Wii Fit uh, board <laughs> <laughs> running this forty. Yeah. <laughs> 
I was I was thinking of the draft game earlier, and mm-hmm. this is what I had in mind. I had we go quarterback, mm-hmm. running back, mm-hmm. two pass catchers, two offensive linemen. So that's six right there. Mm-hmm. We can go. Yeah, two defensive linemen. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Shopify presents Cool Sheets from AHA to... Lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat-induced insomnia. That was my aha moment. Bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible. Signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoiced. Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Three, or sorry, two defensive linemen. Two combination of any either linebacker or corner, but mm-hmm. it can't be an edge rusher. It's got to be a linebacker. Mm-hmm. Okay. They have like the title linebacker, and then we could have two like auxiliary players. So whatever you want. Yeah. So that would be how many total? 12, I think. Okay. Yeah. If it's an even number, that Six, works perfect then. Seven, eight, nine, t- yeah, 12. Mm-hmm. So I think that's that fair. Works. All right, fellas. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yes. I can. All right. Let's, Head's uh, a little cut off, but <laughs> there we go. There we go. All right. Let's say we're going to take a like 10 second pause. I'll count you down. That is a okay. And then we'll, and then I'll roll into it. Works for me. All right, with that, that takes us into pick number nine, which is Ethan's pick, and that is the Seattle Seahawks from the Denver Broncos. You're on the clock. Awesome. Yeah, so kind of like with the Panthers at six, I think there's a lot of talk that a quarterback could go at this spot, and now especially since a quarterback just came off the board the pick before, I think that that's something that could be in the discussion but admittedly, being a Drew Lock homer and a big Drew Lock fan, being from Mizzou, I wanna I wanna believe that they're gonna give him that shot this year, and that they don't draft the QB, that they don't trade for a Baker Mayfield, because I know that's also in the air. So I'm actually gonna stay away from quarterback, even though you it had may your not chance. Be... <laughs> you had your chance to take Malik Willis with the Panthers, and you just take this completely off the board. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. I uh, could have protected I Drew Lock. Should have taken. <laughs> you could have protected him yourself. <laughs> 
But instead of protecting him in the traditional route, I am going to protect him by grabbing an offensive lineman in this position because I think that if they don't go QB, they're going to go grab Charles Cross from Mississippi State. I think that if they're going to bring in Drew Locke, they have the weapons in in terms of DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. So I think that they need to bolster that offensive line to help him even more um, to be able to have some more time in the backfield and hope that he develops more as a player and he has that protection around them and the weapons around him to be able to be successful. So Charles Cross, Mississippi State. I like that. I think it's similar to kind of what the Panthers are doing um, and what the Giants are doing as well, you know, hitching their wagon to one last ride with Daniel Jones and just setting things up where, okay, if they're not the guy, we'll get someone next year, but let's at least protect that potential guy next year. You know, that's why I don't think the Giants are considering a QB is just because whoever they take is just going to get murdered behind that offensive line unless they fix it first. So uh, I I think that's a good pick. If the Seahawks aren't going to go quarterback, go offensive line and help set up the next QB for success if Drew Locke can't get it done. Yep, I agree. Like the pick. Uh, Don't know a whole lot about Charles Cross, so we'll see how, how far he drops, how high he goes. So I think right there is a solid pick, especially given that the two top tackles are off the board. Uh, well, I think that's so, where I was going to, right, is the other two had already dropped off the board. He's really your only option left, and if you're going to go offensive lineman, he's your best option available. Yeah, I agree. All right, Sean, pick number 10, the All New right, York back. Jets. And yeah, the Jets on the clock, and you know the Jets, we've already – Seen them take back at uh, number four overall, Derek Stingley Jr. at corner. So I think that's one position of need. Um, Did you have both the Jets picks? I have both picks for a lot of teams. (laughs) I have both Saints picks and both Packers picks as well. Um, All right. I I was noticing that when I was going through it. Yeah, almost all the duplicates, I have them. Shy of like the Chiefs, the Giants, I have one. The Texans, I have one. And uh, the Eagles, I don't have the Eagles picks. Um, but no, the Jets could go a couple different directions here. Um, you know, if they wanted to double down on defense, you know, you could pair Derek Stingley Jr. with a Kyle Hamilton or a Jermaine Johnson, you know, the safety out of Notre Dame, I mentioned Jermaine Johnson and edge rusher. And, you know, again, I, I think this is a great edge rusher class. Um, I think if you look at the top five edge rushers in this class, they would have been the top edge rusher last year. And that's not including David Ajabo out of Michigan, who shy of an Achilles tear would be probably considered better than all the edge rushers in last year's class. Um, But I think the Jets want to build around Sam Darnold and get him another weapon to throw to. So I think this is where we'll see the first wide receiver go off the board. And this is where it gets interesting because I think a lot of people kind of rank Drake London, Garrett Wilson, and Jamison Williams all kind of similar to each other, but... I think Garrett Wilson is the one that people kind of seem to have on top. Um, So I'm going to go with Garrett Wilson out of uh, Ohio State as the Jets' 10th overall pick to pair him with uh, Zach Wilson. I like the pick. I like the direction or position, I guess. Uh, Hate this year's year's wide receivers class, though. I hate it. I think it's awful. Yeah, I don't like it at all. I think it's another good class. There's just a lot of injuries amongst it. Like there's no number one superstar, but I wouldn't be shocked if we see like five or six guys go in round one. I, uh, I mean, I'm not saying a lot of people need wide receivers and Mm -hmm. a lot of people are ranking these wide receivers high. I just don't think we see many 
superstars come out of this draft class. I don't, I don't I know what it is that, about it. I just don't like it. Yeah, I don't think there's that surefire superstar, but I think we're going to see a lot of like really good wide receivers coming out of the draft, even, especially in the first round. Um, like I, I don't think there's a Jamar Chase or Jalen Waddle in this draft, but I think like the next tier of guys, there's a lot of those in this draft. Yeah, I think James Williams is one of those guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if he wasn't hurt, favorites. he would be, but it's the fact that you're probably missing him for the first good chunk of the season that's holding him back for some teams. Yeah, I agree. I like the pick. Uh, Ethan, if you don't have anything to add, we'll move on. Yeah, I was just going to say that of the wide receivers, I think Garrett Wilson was my favorite too, and I think uh, the big reason for that was because of his versatility. Um, I know that he played a lot in the slot and in the outside, so being able to kind of move him around the field uh, really shot him up for me as well. All right, there you have it. Moving on, number 11, the first ever pick for the Washington Commanders is me. Um, I'm glad this guy's this guy's fallen this far. Sean's talked about him a lot. Uh, it's Kyle Hamilton from Notre Dame. The uh, safety slash cornerback kind of utility player. Um, he's like a he's like a hybrid that can play just all over the defensive back. From what I've read about him, mm-hmm. uh, I don't watch a lot of Notre Dame games, but Sean's really high on them. They don't have a ton of needs, surprisingly. Uh, so it's either lean in that wide receiver, but I think if Kyle Hamilton falls outside the top 10, they just can't pass on him here. No, I agree. Kyle Hamilton, like I said, I, if it falls out of the top 10, I don't think it's because of the 40 time. I think the tape speaks for itself. Um, but I think it's just, you know, people don't look at safeties as like a super valuable position. Um, but I'm all about Kyle Hamilton and this will pain me as a Giants fan. If I have to, you know, see the New York Giants face off against Kyle Hamilton twice a year. And <laughs> like I said, that's the pick I would want at number seven. I don't believe it's the pick that's going to happen, but I would love if Kyle Hamilton wound up being a Giant. But that'd be a great pick for the Commanders if at 11th overall you can get a player of his caliber. Yeah. I mean, they were the 29th ranked team uh, against the pass last season, allowing 254 yards a game in the air. So I think this could just, you know, be huge support for that uh, for them. So, all right. Yeah. I guess if no one has anything, good pick. Oh, (laughs) all right. There we go. If no one else has anything to add, let's uh, go ahead. Ethan's number 12, Minnesota Vikings on the clock. Yeah. The really, the only thing that I had to add is that that is who I was going to take with the Vikings at 12. So, this is the first one of the night where. Uh, my guy kind of jumped off the board right before my pick, so wow. I am currently <laughs> trying to. I'm not. I had a backup. I'm just trying to to really feel out my options here really fast. But that's fair. I, that's fair. You know, the more I look at it, I think I'm 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 pretty sold on that. They're still going to go secondary, and I think that they're going to take Trent McDuffie out of Washington as corner. Right now, their secondary probably is one of their weakest areas on their team you know they really bolstered their front with the signing of Zadarius Smith I know they added I believe um no they didn't I lied I take that back yes they did Shannon Sullivan from the Packers as well that's where I was going with that um and they have Patrick Peterson but outside that Cam Dantzler um that's a Harrison hand but other than that they I think they really need to add a corner so Trent Duffy was the best available corner to me on the board 
Sean? No, I like that, especially, you know, their other corner right now is Patrick Peterson. And Patrick Peterson, I don't know how much football he has left in him at this point in his career. Not that he's playing poorly, but he's getting up there in age a little bit. Um, so I think this kind of helps them both now and in the future. You get another corner to pair opposite of Peterson. You get the heir apparent to him in your secondary as well. All right. I don't, I don't hate it. I just had him, I had him falling a little bit, uh, to one of my teams. So you, you stole, I stole one of yours. You stole one of mine. I didn't think he was going to go that high. Cause there's kind of a, there's a gap in, in cornerbacks. I feel. And I thought he was going to fall on the other side. No big deal. Don't hate it. If that's what they need, that's what they need. Um, next up on the clock, Houston Texans from the Cleveland Browns, Sean. Yeah, I'm going Jermaine Johnson out of Florida State here. You know, this was kind of the situation they had back uh, 10 picks ago at number three overall, where you're hoping one of the top two edge rushers falls to them. They went with best player available when they didn't. That was Sauce Gardner. I think now, like I said before, I love the top of this edge rusher class. Um and I think Jermaine Johnson is one of those guys that would be a top last year's edge rusher draft class. So I think the uh, the Houston Texans getting him at 13th overall here is a great pick. And, you know, that really bolsters their defense. When you get a corner like Sauce Gardner and an edge rusher like Jermaine Johnson in round one, you know, with Lovey Smith, his defense is going to be looking a lot better in his first year back at the helmet head coach this time in charge of the Houston Texans. All right. Don't hate it. Like you said, they didn't go edge rusher earlier. They're going to go edge rusher at some point. I'm cool with it. I also think that they're going to uh, really focus on defense because Lovey's at the helm and he's a defensive minded guy. So I think in this draft, I think that that's what I think they're going to be heavy on defense in this draft, even though I could see them taking a wide receiver with one of these picks. But I think it all depends on who's there and if you can bolster the defense with a couple of these guys that edge rusher. Um, I think you got to do it. Yeah, kind of like you said before, like the Texans need everything. So I think it's just, you know, both three and 13th, it's best player available on their board. And, you know, really outside of David uh, quarterback, and that's if they like Mills, which I think they do, you know, it's really just everything else around him that there's a need for. They they could improve their offensive line receivers outside of Cooks. They don't have much Um, running back. They could certainly look to get younger there. That'll probably happen in the later rounds, I would think. And all over that defense, they could use some some help as well. Yeah, that's cra- crazy. I'm glad you mentioned running backs because um, I don't. I'm not sure if there's a running back that goes off the board in the first round. I don't, don't think wanna, so either. Don't want to expose any of your guys' cards, but I don't think that happens. I think uh, at least f- from everything I've seen. Yeah, I don't yeah. think this is a strong running back class like we've had the past few years. And you know, my personal rule of thumb with the draft is I don't like when teams spend a first round pick on a part time player. You know, when you take, unless you're a team at the back end of round one and you think, you know, a premier running back is the difference between you and uh, winning a Super Bowl. Uh, I don't like when teams draft in the first round a guy that you're only planning on playing 40, 50 percent of snaps during a game. You know, I'd much rather put that towards a lineman or a corner or an edge rusher that's going to be out there 90 plus percent of the time. I agree. I agree. All right. Moving on. Pick 14. My the team that I have, Baltimore Ravens. I'm torn here because I think that there's two needs that stand out for me for the Baltimore Ravens, and it is wide receiver, and I think they need corner because they lost a lot of depth on on both on each side of the ball, um, in, in free agency and, and everything like that. Um, 
So I'm going with wide receiver here because I don't think that they have hardly any threat uh, or like at least big threat that just like really a name that stands out that anyone solidified themselves with. Got to get Lamb Jackson weapons or else he's going to start getting mad. Going with uh, going with Drake London from USC to the Baltimore Ravens. I'm not high on him. I don't think he's going to be an all-star, but I think that they need some, some height uh, outside of Marquise Brown, someone that's going to really just provide a little bit of electricity to this offense because right now they have Rashad Bateman, Marquise Brown, and Devin DuVernay are their starting wide receivers. That's not going to get it done. So I think they have to go wide receiver. No, and I like the fit Drake London has. You mentioned his size. I think if he lives up to that potential because he's a good downfield threat too, like he could be another Mike Evans type player where, you know, just once he he's one-on-one on the outside with a corner, just throw it up and you know he's going to come down to it. Lamar Jackson, like you said, he doesn't have that. Bateman doesn't have a ton of size on the outside. Brown is, you know, a small underneath guy. So I think that gives them a really interesting mix of receivers for Lamar Jackson to work with. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Awesome. Ethan? No, I really don't have anything to add because... Honestly, this next pick, I I think they're in the exact same boat, so I'll talk a little bit about it then. All right. Without further ado, let's take on the Philadelphia Eagles from my Miami Dolphins, Ethan. Yeah, and, you know, full disclosure, I also have both of their picks. So those are they're my next two picks at 15 and 18. So it's just trying to figure out what position they really need to address first because I think that they can get both of what they need here and – Kind of what you were just talking about is two of their biggest needs are wide receiver and cornerback. Um, I think they lost some on both the sides. Well, to be fair for the Eagles, they really didn't have anything on the offensive side in terms of wide receivers this past year. Jalen Rager's really not panning out the way that I guess that they hoped he would. Uh, still probably salty for Eagles fans that Justin Jefferson was uh, left on the board. So I think this is the class that they have to go receiver and try all over again. And with this pick, I think they're going to take now I'm torn. I think they're going to take Chris. I'm going to butcher his last name. Is it Olave? Olave. Amazing. Yeah. All right. I'm glad I got that right. I think they're going to take Chris Olave. <laughs> Jamison Williams, you you hinted on it that he's probably not going to be ready at the start of the season. You, you know the superstar that you're hopefully going to get with Jamison Williams, but I don't know if they take the gamble here. So I think instead they take Chris Olave. Um, he's a really good route runner. I think that he'll pan well in that offense, and they, they just need – a weapon on the offensive side for Jalen Hurts. If Jalen Hurts is even still the guy uh, two years, three years from now for them. 
I like that pick. I think Chris Olave was really good for me. It feels like he should have went to because he's a senior, right? Was he a senior this past year? I think so. I thought he was because I thought he was eligible for the draft and didn't go last year. Whenever uh, he he was starting to come up, so I, I like him though. Regardless, I think you get two Ohio State wide receivers off the board in uh, the top what fifteen. You're doing pretty good. He is a senior. He's still 21 years old. He'll be turning 22, I believe, before next season starts. Okay. Yeah. Either way, I mean, I like him. I liked him as a player in college more so the year before than this past year. Uh, but good player. I think he can come in and immediately make an effect on the Eagles who desperately need a wide receiver. Do you have anything to add, Sean, since you're in their division? No, I mean, not like for the <laughs> Eagles, they definitely do need more weapons offensively that they get the ball in the hands of. Um, and you know, I think it kind of comes down to Olave versus Jamison Williams. And it's, you know, like I could see Williams getting that just because his injury was early on in the season. And it's not like you're missing him for the entire year. He should come back at some point in this season. But you know, I think I think it comes down to just one of those two. Um for the Philadelphia Eagles as to which one they prefer. Fair enough. It's more, I guess it's however much you value having a wide receiver for the extra, what, four, five games. I'm not really sure that his exact timeline, but it's like, if you really need a wide receiver for the first third of the season, then Mm -hmm. which one do you want to go with? If you want to throw away possibly the value of having high talent, Jameson Williams for succeeding the first, third of the season then go for it and that's and that's not a knock on Olave I think Olave is no, not a at nice all. wide receiver in his own right but I like I said before I think Jamison Williams without the injury he sustained last year I think he's the premier receiver in this draft I agree I agree yep I also agree all right with that being said Sean take us to the halfway point in this mock draft with the New Orleans Saints pick First of two picks I've got with the Saints, and <laughs> similar to the Eagles, you got to you got to read the room here and look at the teams that are picking next. The Eagles, between their picks, are going to be looking at the Chargers and uh, the Saints as to okay, with who could the next two teams pick? And that's why I think you know it's a good pick taking wide receiver there at fifteen because the Saints could certainly take a wide receiver, and the Chargers they could also go wide receiver as well and try to get something to you know to add to the Mike Williams and uh, Keenan Allen mix. Um, but I think now, again, going back to reading the room, uh, the Chargers have a quarterback, the Eagles have a quarterback, but the Steelers are sitting there at 20. And I think if the Saints pass on a QB here, the Steelers could look to move up. So I think the wide receiver, yeah, the Chargers could take that, but I don't think the Eagles will. That's another need for the New Orleans Saints. So uh, I think here the Saints are going to go Malik Willis. I think that's their pick, and they get the heir apparent at quarterback because um, I think uh, James uh, uh, Winston is not the long-term answer for them. You know, I think he was just kind of brought back as a placeholder where it's, hey, you know the system. Like, let's you know see if we can give it another ride once again. And things work out great. If not, you know, better luck in future, future pastures. I really like the analysis on that and kind of seeing – who needs quarterback? Who needs wide receiver? Mm-hmm. Yada yada. Between those two picks and why you ended up taking Malik Willis, I would have done the same. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great, a great fit, uh, and, like, and like really we said a before, great landing spot. 
like we said before, you don't wait for a QB to fall to you. I don't think the Saints are going to wait for a QB to fall to them at 19. Um, you know, if the next top receiver on their board, which I think is the top receiver on everybody's board, is still there at 19, awesome. But if not, I think you'd rather have that scenario and then just go next best player available versus missing out on a QB that you really like and then having to go into next year. I think that's the, the Saints don't have a first-round pick next year. And I don't think they're necessarily going to be terrible next year. So I think it'd be hard for the Saints, if not this year, to find that heir apparent at QB. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I, I like the pick. Not to say Malik Willis is bad, but if he goes to the Saints, I mean, he's not going to start year one. He doesn't need to start year one. No. He gets a year learning under, you know, I guess, Jameis. Jameis and who, I don't know if you want to learn not, under let's, Jameis. Don't let's know. not knock it. I mean, Jameis, Jameis Winston – I mean, he can sling the football and so mm-hmm. can Malik Willis. Uh, you know, just one thing you're not going to want to learn from Jameis is, you know, how to, how to make your reads and throw picks. Yeah, uh, maybe weird get... practice routines that he always <laughs> posts on Instagram and TikTok. And Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do those. Cause those are just going to get you injured. But uh, outside of that, I mean, I like the pick, so it's a good one. And uh, that takes you to the chargers pick who I have. Sean hinted on a little bit about them possibly taking wide receiver. And when I went through my, my picks in our mock draft, I looked at other mock drafts to kind of see where people were falling respectively. And all, both of the ones that I like really referred to had the chargers taking wide receiver. And I was kind of just like kind of thrown off by, it. you know, you got Keenan Allen, you have Mike Williams. I mean, even Josh Palmer and Jalen Guyton guys who did mm-hmm. well in that third and fourth slot. So I don't necessarily see that happening. I see them filling a need, uh, which there was really only one need for me, and that was interior defensive line. So they let up 138 rush yards a game, 30th in the NFL last year. So they need a run stopper. And there's one guy that comes to mind and one guy that's on the board that I think they could crush with this pick, and that is Jordan Davis. And that's who I'm taking with the Chargers pick. I, I love that pick. It fits. Um, you know, Jordan Davis is a great value in that spot too. I think, you know, when I mentioned wide receiver, especially with Williams on the board there, I think it's one of those where it's like, it, like we said before, Williams is a premier receiver. Justin Herbert is, you know, a, a QB on a rookie contract. And it's one of those where, okay, do we want to like, let ramp this offense up to another level by adding him? Or do we want to go with the, you know, more appropriate team need? And I think that's what that pick will come down to at that point. Like there'll be that, you know, little back of your mind temptation of, oh, what if we go get like Jameson Williams and pair him with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams and just tell the that's entire too AFC much. West, tell the AFC West, like good luck covering all three of them, you know? And, and Austin Eckler. It's like, and Austin Eckler. Then? Yeah. So even if you, you know, you run quarters coverage and you got all them down deep, then all of a sudden it's okay. We'll just dump it off to Austin Eckler. He's got plenty of room in the flats. Right. Yeah. I th- I thought about that, especially James Williams on the board. It's going to be hard for them to not go that route. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with Jordan Davis there, them needing to stop the run. I just, I couldn't pass up on it. I think it's too much of a fit for me. Yeah. I think all around, that's a really good pick too. I think that the chargers have the offensive weapons that they need. Kind of like Sean said, like you could, you could add a Jameis Williams and then you just be <laughs> all over the place. But I think that you're, you're really covering a team need with that pick and being able to stop the run in, in a division that is just, you know, may, maybe it's not the craziest division when it comes to running backs, but just when it comes to offensive power in general, they're going to need a guy on defense who can compete and 
play at the high quality level that the rest of those teams in the AFC West are competing at. Yeah. You're going up against Patrick Mahomes twice a year. You're going to need to do something on the defensive line. So that that's the piece that does that. Moving on then. The Philadelphia Eagles pick 18 with Ethan. Can I chime in here for a second? Go you for sure it. Can. I want to make an offer. I want to move up. I'm the backers at 22. I want to move up. Packers at 22? Yeah. I'll give you the 22nd pick, and I'll throw in a uh, a future second next year. (laughs) You're moving up four picks. I think that's a great deal. I also think for my Packers, that is the exact thing that I want to hear come uh, the start of this draft this week. So. The Eagles always right. seem to find themselves in those kind of trades too. That's, but I think here it's you know again that Jameson Williams value and looking to jump not just the Saints but the Patriots as well. Yep. All right, let All me right. let me jot this down so I have this on mine. Mm-hmm. Go for it. And I mean, why are you right. jotting it down too? Just to to kind of go into my point of why I accepted the trade is that I think for the Eagles, the guy that I am looking at to target with that 18th pick. I think that he'll be there at 22. I don't think that they have anything super pressing that they need with that 18th pick and to pick up an extra pick the following season, regardless of what it is, second or third, I think is fair value for this uh, spot. So absolutely okay with me in that position. And I think it's a lot for the Packers to give up, like you said, just to move up four spots, but it goes back to what I said before, like, you know, the ability of Jameson Williams and, I really think with this wide receiver class, like I said, there, I think there's a lot of first round talents there. And I think the twenties are going to get really interesting because you look at teams that could use a wide receiver around that spot. You know, you look at 18 with the Eagles, if they don't do it with their first pick 19 with the saints, if they don't do it with their first pick, the Steelers at 20, the Patriots at 21 Packers at 22. Uh, the Cardinals just lost a wide receiver at, uh, in free agency. They picked 23rd. The Cowboys lost a wide receiver at 24. The Buffalo Bills, uh, you know, Emmanuel Sanders was their number two last year. The Titans at 26, you know, could use another wide receiver opposite of A.J. Brown. Uh, the Packers again, the Chiefs twice. There are so many teams in those 20s range, late teens to 20s, that could take a wide receiver. And I almost wonder if it could become a feeding frenzy at this point of each one trying to outjump the other to try to get any wide receivers that may fall to them. And in this case, it's Jamison Williams. I think that's why the Packers were the first ones to pull the trigger and move up. Yeah, and if you're the if you are the new the New Orleans Saints, you are just kicking <laughs> kicking yourself right now. If you get Malik mm-hmm. Willis, could have James Williams. But I like that pick. I like the thought process behind that. So you're taking James Williams with the Packers moving up to 18, correct? Correct. All right. Cool. Like it. Love it. Sean, you're getting three picks and four technically. So let's move you on to the number 19. New Orleans Saints, who you just stole a wide receiver from. Yeah, I kind of just robbed myself there. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's it's going to be tough for the Saints to swallow when that happens. Um, But they don't really, you know, giving up a first-round pick next year, and I I don't recall what else they gave up in that trade. Uh, But I I, I think the Saints are, you know, don't really have the capital to move up and just kind of have to sit there and wait for what falls to them. But I think they have other needs outside of, wide receiver that they can address this year. And I think the board kind of allows them to do that. So uh, yeah, wide receiver, they missed here, you know, go get one later. I think this is another deep wide receiver class, but 
Uh, I think for the Saints here, a player that is a good value at this spot and fits a need is Trevor Penning, offensive tackle out of Northern Iowa. You know, they lost uh, what's his name to the Miami Dolphins uh, this offseason. So uh, need a new offensive Armstead. tackle. Uh, Teron Armstead, thank you. Uh, lost Teron Armstead this offseason to the Miami Dolphins. Need to replace him if they want to protect Malik Willis. So I think Armstead is the pick instead of Jamison Williams, who's no longer available. All right. Fair enough. Can never go wrong with enough offensive line talent um, in my eyes anyway, especially when you're trying to not necessarily rebuild a team, but kind of revamp your offense and so rebuild around hate... a young QB. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So I don't hate that. Uh, next up on the clock is the Pittsburgh Steelers. That is my pick. And uh, now I'm torn because both the players that I had are still on the board. And I don't know which one I really want to go with because Pittsburgh needs a quarterback. I don't know if there's one that's really worth taking here because we have the two quarterbacks. I don't really know if there's one that's worth taking without reaching. So I'm going to go. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Almost best player available, but it almost it pretty much fits a need that they have. Uh, it's Tyler Linderbaum. Center out of Iowa. Great pick. Great pick. I love it. Love to hear it. I like, you know, some boards will have him lower because of his size. They think he can only play center and similar to Kyle Hamilton. I think that's one of those, like, it's not a sexy position. And if the giants do successfully trade down for five or seven, I think that's a player they'll certainly target. Even if they go offensive tackle uh, in with their other top pick, but I'm a huge Tyler Lindebaum fan. Um, I actually was I mean, he's pretty much the, he's almost the best center prospect to ever come through the draft. Yeah, and I look at him and his athleticism and strength, and like I said, he's a little undersized, but I think he plays through it. Um, he's a physical, physical guy at the center spot, so I, I think he fits any system. And I think you know he's one of those you draft him and kind of similar to like a Creed Humphrey for the Kansas City Chiefs. You draft him in day one, you're gonna have one of the best centers in the league. I think he's that good. But again, it's a center. It's not the sexiest position in the NFL. No, it's so not a, I think it's that's why he's going to be falling. Yeah, yeah, it's, like a. It's about as sexy as a center uh, picking a center in the first round can get, though. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're the if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers and you're running as much as you are with a, a young star and Najee Harris, you're going to want to invest in that offensive line early and often. Because look at what happened uh, as we talked earlier with Christian McCaffrey and the Panthers. You you tear his ACL or hurt, bang up his knees. And he's never going to be the same. So mm-hmm. might as well. No, and their offensive line, they kind of went through uh, like a revamp-ish last year. 
and not that it was a good one. It was just they need, you know, we're moving in a new direction. And, you know, they're rebuilding that offensive line as much as they are just the, you know, the uh, trying to find a new quarterback. And, and it kind of goes back to what we said before, like make sure you can keep that QB upright when you get him. You know, you don't want to draft a guy, especially a team like the Steelers, that otherwise is a, is a playoff team. They made the playoffs last year. Dude, I mean, you got to protect the MVP. Yeah. Okay. The, the, it was almost uh, what the, what it, the, Nickel, the Nickelodeon oh, yeah. valuable player. <laughs> Trubisky, yep. yeah, the the Nickelodeon valuable player. <laughs> the, the first ever. First, yeah, hey, history. first ever. So you got the first ever MVP on your team, which again goes through. I thought about taking Kiwi, but it's like they just got him. I don't know if they're wanting to get I don't know how the front office values Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, I, I think. I don't think it really ties them to having a, to take a QB in round one, but if they did, it wouldn't surprise me. And that's where I think they could be a team that moves up with the Giants is, you know, that range is enough where, okay, you could pick up a first rounder for next year. Um, if they do pull the trigger to move up, that's what it would probably take. And that's what the Giants would want. And, you know, Kenny Pickett out of pit, like he's in their backyard. Like if anybody has the best scouting report on Kenny Pickett, it's gotta be the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um so if they yeah. view him as worthy of the heir apparent to Ben Roethlisberger, you got to move up to get him to uh, you know to jump ahead potentially of the Carolina Panthers, the first team that really needs a QB. That's he does it. wear a glove on his right hand, so yeah. What were you gonna say, Ethan? I was just gonna say if Kenny Pickett and Malik Willis aren't on the board or are on the board, I should say one of those two when this pick comes around, it would not surprise me if they took either one of them. But if they're both off the board then I could see them go in a different direction as you just stated. And I think that yeah. that pick that you had was, was the best. I, got, I kind of figured that both were going to be off the board whenever I made this pick, but I, I had a quarterback in my back pocket, but I'm like, that's a reach. And I'm not going to say who it was because you guys are going to make fun of me. <laughs> so we're going to move on. We're going to move on with this draft. Well, like we said, QB's always rise in April. Exactly. We're going to move on to the next pick in this draft, and it is the New England Patriots probably picking the highest they have in a while at 21 with Ethan. Yeah, well, I mean, unless you count the fact that they picked, was it 15th for Mac Jones last year? I know they traded up to get him, but... Right. (laughs) Yes. Uh, And speaking of reaches and gambles, this might be the first one that where you guys make me chug a beer. I'll wait to hear your opinion, but... (laughs) I'm going to take a gamble with this pick with the Patriots because I do think they need help at receiver. I'm not sold on really any of the guys that they have. And just looking at the board and what's currently available, I I really like this pick, but it's a tough one to make. And so with the 21st pick, I think the Patriots should take George Pickens out of Georgia. Ooh. I know he tore his ACL. I know that he didn't really play much, but I know that his – his freshman year was massive. And I think that you can go off of what we saw that year and the talent that he has and hoping that he returns to that value. Again, it's a big gamble. It's a jump, but I like the pick and I like George Pickens in general. It is a jump. I I'm, I'm high on George Pickens. I really like him a lot as a player. I think he's very, very value valuable and adds a lot of value to a team. I won't quite call. I might, I might just make you do like a, like a half a beer. I'm not going to quite call this a reach because I do have them going in the first round. I do. I will, I will say from the standpoint that it is very un Bill Belichick and New England Patriots like to draft a wide receiver like this, but I love the pick. I, I think this, I would hate the pick being a Dolphins fan. 
I'll say this. Like you mentioned a Bill Belichickian pick. Belichick never reaches. What he always does, if there's a guy he likes further down the board, he trades down somewhere. So, and like I mentioned before, with all those other teams that need a receiver, yeah, he's a receiver that they took. But, and I'm surprised he didn't try to see if he could move down um, with someone else to get, a, you know, future picks. Um, so that's why I'll call it a reach, especially there's other receivers that I like more than him on the board still. I like Traylon Burks out of uh, uh, Arkansas. Arkansas. Like, I think he's big. I think he's physical with the ball in his hands. So um, Sky Moore out of Western Michigan, another quick little one. Uh, yeah. So I think there's other options that they could have gone there without, you know, that's why I'll call that a reach, but I'm okay with half a beer. because I think, I think talent wise though, I think, yeah, I think he'll be good, but I think he's outside like, of outside of injury that we were talking about. I think there's Jamison Williams and then talent wise, he's right there. I think potential wise, George Pickens has the mm. highest ceiling in this draft. I will say, Ooh. I do. I think so. I mean, you look at you look at what he did his rookie year, or or I say rookie, like his first years at Georgia. And I mean, he's insane. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's unguardable. No, uh, he's a freak. Um, and he's got some great hands. Like you know, those fifty-fifty balls. He he is. He really does a good job of going up and getting it for a guy that's not super big at the end of. I think I believe he's six even. Um. But someone I would keep an eye on, you know, potential-wise, you know, if we're talking about value for where they're going to get picked, John Meiji out of Alabama is not going to go in the first round because of how late in the year his injury was. But I think that's someone that could be, you know, one of the best players in the draft all said and done when we're looking back at the end of their careers. He reminds me a lot of Devonta Smith, and it's just how, how like, what team he goes to and, and how they use him. Yeah. Because they're kind of the same player. Mm-hmm. Like – Kind of the same I as view Jalen Waddle. Faster Devontae like, Smith. Yeah, it's like, but it's like same as Jalen Waddle. If you go to a team that's not going to use you the right way, then that's not going to work out. But either way, I don't, I don't hate it. Sean doesn't love it. We'll, let's see you chug half a beer. What half you got? Fair. I, I got to go get a beer to chug half a beer, <laughs> um, so I can do that while you start, while you start your, uh, your next pick, and then when I come back, I will. Uh, Make it well, isn't the next pick you again? We made a trade. It's the Philadelphia oh, sure Eagles so back after, on the clock. After this pick, after this pick. Nope. Then... Ethan, run and grab one. We're going to time it. I'll, I'll be <laughs> You're right on timer. Back, I got, we got. And let's, it's the combine. Let's go. <laughs> All right. He's going to take fucking forever, I'm sure. Uh, regardless of the fact. Is it a 12 ounce dash? I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know what it is. <laughs> what, what, his apartment's not that big. I was just there. Well, I said twelve ounces because he's reaching for a beer. So, <laughs> oh, I heard I heard the twelve ounces. Okay, wow, I was quick. <laughs> What'd you get? I only got to go was... like five feet to get a beer. <laughs> I was gonna say I was like his apartment's not that big. I was just there. All right, we got the classic uh, McUltra. Oh <laughs> man, the last one that I had. Uh, just so everybody knows that it is a nice and fresh can, and I am not cheating the system. There's that for you. Um, it sounded already cracked. Did you hear that, Sean? Yeah, I didn't I hear anything. I, I, I don't know. I heard, tell, I heard so. him make that noise with his mouth, I think. <laughs> That'd be a pretty damn impressive beer crack. Noise that's the case. <laughs> so, All right. Here we go. Man, look at that form. Oh, didn't quite get it all, but like we got that. over half. So I, I think just, I paid I my dues. Say, 
Oh, yeah, that's totally fine. We only said <laughs> half anyway. I don't know why you that's kept true. going. Um, all right. Next on the clock, we have the 22nd pick, Ethan, back to back. This yep. was the Eagles trade that Sean made with the Packers from earlier. So they traded down from 18 to 22. Who do you got? Who do you have in mind that could wait? Did they did they yes, last and, this long? And they did last this long. So they got their needs that they needed at wide receiver. That is something that I think that they really need to focus on first. They were able to do so. They didn't have to worry about really too many coming off the board at 15. So moving back to 22 wasn't wasn't tough. And with the 22nd pick, they really need help with um, kind of their linebacking core. And so I'm going to pick out of Utah, Devin Lloyd. He's really probably the best all-around linebacker in this draft class. He's a good blitzer. He can cover, especially the tight end position, at a pretty high level. And he can take on blocks as well. I think that that's something that they really need to address outside of, I think cornerback is another area that they could address as well. But where we're at currently in the draft and with what's already come off the board, I think it's a reach for them to take anybody else. So Devin Lloyd. Total Eagles pick. No, I, I was just thinking the same thing. Like getting that linebacker <laughs> that a lot of like the teams picking in the second round are thinking like, okay, maybe Devin Lloyd will fall to us with the way the draft is going. And like the Eagles, you know, pun in, no pun intended, swooping and take him out from under you. And it's like, all right, well, like they clearly, you know, we didn't think they were going to be taking him that high, but he's de- I think he's certainly worth it with the talent and production that him and Nicobe Dean, like those are two that I can't figure out if like, are those guys going to be available early round two? Or are they going to slip out of the first round? Or a team's going to realize the value that they have in that linebacker role and take them all the way up in round one like they should. I think the Eagles are one of those teams that like identify talent well in that capacity. So I think the that's like a per- typical Eagles pick right there. Move down, get an extra pick, get the guy you wanted anyway. All right. I like it. I like it especially – we're going to move on to my my next pick, <laughs> Arizona Cardinals. Uh, that is me. I think that they – we're getting into that area of the draft where a lot of teams are going to start going best player available because there's not a lot of needs in these, in these good teams. And I don't think the Cardinals have a huge pressing need. I think that the best one that I could find was linebacker. They, they were 20th last season and rushing yards allowed. I think they need – kind of a linebacker to fill those gaps, someone quick, someone that can cover a lot of ground. Um, and I'm glad that you went with the pick you did because the person I am taking is Nicobe Dean, linebacker from Georgia for the Arizona Cardinals. They, they especially need it to fill the loss of a lot of the linebackers. They, need. they just lost uh, Chandler Jones, who is an edge rusher. They lost um, – a couple other linebackers I can't think of the top of my head because we can talk about some people, but Kobe Dean will be a good good fit for them, I think, especially at 20, 23rd pick in the draft. Yeah. Um, well, just to give you like an idea, too, they lost Jordan Hicks and Jordan Phillips. So that's who it was. They lost, the they lost quite a bit in that area. So stoppers. to be able to fill one of those needs, I think, is pretty important. And I completely agree with your pick. I think if you don't take, if the Eagles don't take one, then the Cardinals should take the other. Right. Sean? I th- I think edge rusher would just be a more pressing need because you talk about players they lost. Chandler Jones is gone, you know, and they're going to have to find someone to replace his production. 
And like I mentioned that I love this draft class. I think that last guy that is above um, all the edge rushers from last year's class is George Karloftis out of Purdue. Like Ryan Kerrigan type, just a, you know, freaky powerful and unstoppable motor. I think that would be a great fit for him in Arizona um, to, tr- to try to replace the production that Chandler Jones had for them the last couple of years, which is just an unbelievable level of production. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, I feel like they could probably go either way. Mm-hmm. Whoever they value as being a higher talent. I just know Nicobe Dean is an animal. Um, yeah. And for me, as somebody that I watched more, I didn't watch a lot of fucking Purdue games. So <laughs> the, I think Nicobe Dean's a better athlete just from the games mm-hmm. that I watched. So no, I that's what I went with. I could see them go either way. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, either uh, either way, I think they're definitely going to go that route because there's not any other need that they really have to get. I think that is a perfect segue into pick number 24 with the Dallas Cowboys, which is my pick. So there you, go. you didn't take an edge rusher. Now, granted, I think that the Cowboys could go wide receiver here depending on what's still on the board. There's the We've kind of talked about it already, the – wide receiver class this year is pretty deep whether we feel like it's the talent is as high as it's been in years past it's a deep class which also makes me someone going to a fucking tornado warning over there (laughs) hi i'm maria and i'm mike and we're team Team Ready. ready black hills energy knows your home is where your heart is so they want you to be ready it's all about keeping you safe prepared and making your home as energy efficient as possible Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. That's what I was thinking too. <laughs> I can't. I can never remember if that's the sound of the uh, like tornado warning or an amber alert. So either way, problems. <laughs> but uh, Sean's getting kidnapped. <laughs> Segwaying from ahead. Uh, amber alerts to football players. Um, I don't think that they go wide receiver here. I think that they do go edge rusher, and the fact that George Karloftis fell to this spot with the Cardinals not taking him, I think that they jump all over this. So as somebody who, having gone to a Big Ten school for the past two years, I did get to watch quite a bit of Purdue games, um, and I like George Karloftis a lot. I think he can do really anything that the Cowboys need of him, and you lost Randy Gregory. He's somebody who plays pretty much all of his snaps in every game that he plays. He's got a high grade. Um I think it's a good replacement for Randy Gregory, and then you can find a receiver later on in the draft in you know the mid rounds. I don't disagree. I don't mind it. Although I could see the more I look at it, the Cowboys being that team. Because I was going to say this later, I feel like the end of round one just goes fucking haywire. I could see the Cowboys being that team to take the first running back off the board. Call me crazy. 
make it just Sean just has this look um, of, of, um, of he wants to fucking murder somebody. Well, I was just gonna say, I, <laughs> you know, check I something here on. at the station while on my computer. <laughs> okay, <laughs> with that alert that was just going off, I'll say that. Um, well, I was just gonna say though that when it comes to running back, you're, you're probably not wrong. Do they still have Tony Pollard? I'm not crazy, right? They do. Yes. So I think it depends on how much they believe in Tony Pollard because I think they're past the point in really believing in Zeke. Now, Zeke, Zeke can give them enough of what they're asking for, I think, but if, you, if you're trying to dump that contract or if, you know, he's just – the production value is not meeting up to the expectations of the contract that you gave him, I think that they could move on, but I, I still think that Tony Pollard's a good enough running back in that system where they may not have. Yeah, I agree. I don't. I don't mind that pick though. I, I that would be terrifying um, to add an edge rusher to that Cowboys defense because just looking at their like their starting defensive like roster is crazy. So I would I would hate that if I had to go up against the Cowboys twice a year, Sean. Yeah, I would. No. Uh... George Karloftis, I, I think it's really down to two people with that pick. It's either him or Zion Johnson, I think, could be interesting because one of the biggest things that hurt the Cowboys offense last year was, you know, how thin their depth on the offensive line has gotten over the past few years and the amount of penalties the interior offensive line commit in key moments of games and holding penalties. And I think it's at the point where they need to start rebuilding that offensive line that has been so stout for the Cowboys for so long. Um, I don't know if round one running back is where they're going just because, you know, even if Zeke isn't the guy, um, they still got Tony Pollard, you know, they have another guy they can go to there. And I think it'd be better serving if you want to rebuild the running game, do it with the offensive line instead of trying to get a running back in round one. Um, but I think Zion Johnson, if not George Karloftis, is going to be the guy. All right. You heard it here first, folks. Next up, the Buffalo Bills. Sean, you're on the clock with pick number 25. Now, this is a spot where I think we could see the, the first and maybe only running back go in the first round. Um, so the Buffalo be- Bills have the worst running backs out of like one of the better teams in the NFL. Crazy. The only thing that could maybe prevent that is Singletary had a nice end to the season. He had a nice end to the season and a decent run in the playoffs. That could be the one Still. saving grace that maybe makes them say, okay, let's let's wait till later to take a running back instead of you know forcing the issue in round one. Um, especially with some of the other players available on the board. Other needs they have, the board doesn't match up great with. Um, you know, wide receivers, we've seen a couple go, uh, cornerback. I don't know if there's a cornerback here that really meets the value of the pick. Um, the one that I think could be interesting is, you know, I just mentioned him as a potential pick for the Dallas Cowboys, Zion Johnson out of Boston college, interior offensive lineman. He played guard. I know in the senior bowl, he even worked as a center and he has been working as a center to try to just give himself more positional flexibility and, and more appeal to NFL GMs saying like, so I could play guard or I could play center if you need me to. So if you need a center, I'm an option if Linderbaum isn't there anymore. Um, so I think Zion Johnson is going to be the pick for the Buffalo Bills, bolster that interior offensive line and see if Devin Singletary can get it done. But I wouldn't be shocked if one of the later rounds, they take a running back to potentially not even to, you know, to replace Singletary, but to pair with him. I think it's Zach Moss that's more on the hot seat. 
Singletary still runs like he's wearing jeans that have been soaked in cornstarch for a week and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Ethan. Uh, yeah. Do you care about this really, pick? I I mean, I don't have a whole lot to say about this pick other than that was uh, somebody that I had a couple picks down the road. So it's kind of a bummer. I don't know much about that's, Zion Williamson. But that's why I think it's a good pick. Yeah, I, I honestly don't know much about him either other than what I read for the position that I was going to pick him in um, and how good of a fit he was for that team. But um, I think he, he fits a need for the Buffalo Bills as well, because if, if you're not going to pick a running back, at least pick somebody who can help with that running game. There you go. Well, hopefully you didn't have him. Uh, well, I guess you just said you did. You had him as like one of your picks or one of your optional picks. It, it was one of my picks. Yeah. So, wow! Good we'll, job, Sean. We'll go somewhere else. Fuck up your draft. <laughs> I, I mean, I made the one trade so far, uh, so I think well, I made it at least interesting. Hopefully, you didn't have this guy as like your backup because I did another <laughs> one with my next pick. The Tennessee Titans are next up on the clock. That is who I have. They have a few different needs that I thought that they could address. Either way, this isn't going to be a sexy pick for the Tennessee Titans, but. They have to re- replace Kissenberry and Saffold uh, coming into the season. They already had a middle-of-the-road offensive line last year. Losing two of your starters, not ideal. Going to have to replace one. With as much as they run the ball, they have to build that offensive line. Number one priority. That's why I am taking Kenyon Green, offensive lineman from Texas A&M, with this next pick. And Ethan is giving me that look as if that was his <laughs> replacement. Yeah, it, it sure was, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll make it happen. Uh, so Ethan's probably going to have to look as what he wants for his for his future pick. Sean, what do you think about that? I I love that, especially you mentioned the players that they lost. And Kenyon Green's got a little positional flexibility. He plays guard through most of his career. He's his final season. He played right tackle. Um, I don't think anyone's really projecting him long-term to play right tackle, but I think it's one of those, if you need him to, he can. You know, if you have an injury in game and you want to throw him at tackle and stick someone else at guard, I think he gives you that option. Um, But I I love that pick for the Tennessee Titans. Like you said, they are a run-first team. They can't, if they lose that run game, they're going to be in trouble. Um, So I think Kenyon Green really helps them, you know, keep remaining one of the best teams in now a very loaded AFC. Yeah. Um, we all know that if you're going to force Ryan Tannehill to throw the ball, it's not going to be very pretty. So you're going to need Derrick Henry, especially coming off of a season where he, you know, played what half the games mm-hmm. he's it's not, it's not going to be given to him. So he's going to need to, he's going to need to earn that as well as having an offensive line that's going to be able to block for him. So uh, that is going to be key for them. Ethan, was your next? Do you have your next pick ready? I, I have my next pick as ready as I'm gonna have my next pick. Um, All right, uh, number twenty seventh, Tampa Bay Bucks. Tampa Bay the Bucks. In, the biggest need that I felt that they needed was an interior offensive lineman, and now, you know, looking at the big board after these last two picks, there's not a whole lot on there that I would say isn't a reach, and that's somebody that they couldn't get later on in the draft. They also added Shaq Mason, which which helps that offensive line um, a little bit. So I'm going to go a different direction because I feel like another need that they have that's kind of best available for the needs that they do need. I'm saying need a lot. 
Um, but I think they're going to go. <laughs> the need that they do they need. Go, that they do need. Um, is I think they're going to go with a cornerback here. Um, right now, you know, kind of the, the Carlton Davis and Jamal Dean, Sean Murphy bunting also. But I think that they're going to try to add some depth to their cornerback roster already on that depth chart. And I think with that pick that they're going to take Andrew Booth Jr. Um, out of Clemson. So he's not not a huge guy, six foot, 194 pounds. Um, had some struggles, I'd say, this past year, but he's got some really good feet. Um, I think it's something that they could add. I don't think there's a ton of need for the Bucks if you can't go offensive linemen. So to me, this was just kind of best available pick for them. Yeah, I don't uh, think anyone's going to come in and be like, they're, they're going to need him to start from day one. I think Andrew Booth is a good person to go to for that because like you said, he, he didn't do incredible last year, but they're not going to need him to step in and play every single down. If he, if, if he goes in gets toasted, and not playing well, they can just pull him right back out. It's kind of like a good experimental fit, especially for the Tampa Bay bucks for him. Yeah, the only other direction, just because they don't really have a true need I could see from the Buccaneers is do you take Tom Brady's replacement here? You know, like, do you go Desmond Ritter if that's your guy, or Sam Howell, or you know Matt Corral out of Ole Miss who's coming off an injury anyway? Um, do, you, do you take one of those guys um, potentially in that spot? Um, Are you telling me that Kyle Trask isn't a franchise quarterback? <laughs> I, do, I don't know if he is. Well, here's Kyle Trask is going into what year three at this point. Yeah, and so he was taken outside the first round. So next year is the final year on his contract. So it's it's not starting this year. If if he pl- gets in next year, that's the do or die like season for him. So I uh, I don't know if you're putting all your eggs in just that one Kyle uh, Trask basket. You know, <laughs> Trask basket. The Trask it. <laughs> I've been uh, I've been doing this for four years now, and I'll say that there is a reason that I am not a draft picking person or scout for an NFL <laughs> team it's because I did not even think about that as an option um, you know my thought process was oh yeah Tom Brady's 45 he'll play for five more years <laughs> yeah no uh I think that's actually a, some great insight and actually something that they might do so um, you know I've been doing know, this for if they four don't years. go cornerback if there's not an offensive uh, interior offensive lineman on the board quarterback actually makes a lot of sense depending on who's there Especially the difference with the first round versus other rounds is you have that fifth year option. So you've got an extra year of control. And that's why lately you'll see a lot of teams jump in late first round to take a quarterback that they like because it gives you that option to, okay, we can, you know, take this guy and then we've got him for an extra year on that rookie contract before we have to throw him a 30, 40, $50 million deal they're going to be soon as the salary cap continues to increase over the next few years. But on the other, on the flip side of things, you have a quarterback who broke the SEC record for passing yards in the season or passing touchdowns in the season, sorry. Mentoring underneath Tom Brady for three years. So would you want to give him a shot and sign him for like a one-year deal, see how he does after Tom Brady retires? That's a, that's another way you could look at it. Mm-hmm. But that's it. They're putting their eggs in that basket because then if he doesn't, right. you know, this is your chance late round one here or next year to potentially take a QB. If there's, if there's, this is if there's one that you like. It's not that they have to 
And it's not anything against Kyle Trask, but if they're sitting there right now, maybe they like, you know, a, a Sam Howell or a Matt Corral. And it's like, okay, we, you know what? We think this guy could be a good quarterback in the future. Let's take him. And then if, you know, if the worst case scenario is Kyle Trask winds up being good. Okay. Then you've got a good quarterback. If that's the worst case scenario, I think, you know, 32 out of 32 NFL teams will be okay with having a good starting quarterback as their worst case scenario. I agree. I agree. I don't think he could have went wrong with that pick though, just mm-hmm. because who knows the direction uh, that the bucks are going to go in, you know, it's crazy because they bring back so many starters year in, year out. Um, next up, number 28 on the clock, Sean, the Green Bay Packers, second pick of the draft. You have it. Yeah, the Packers, they already got the wide receiver because of that, you know, aggressive move up that I made. So that need is cleared. Um, now at this point, it's just, you know, what I like. The Packers are another team that I don't really see a true need for them, you know, maybe edge rusher, but you know, the top five are gone. Um, you know, do you take Ojabo in round one, who I, without a doubt is a round one talent, a high end round one talent, if he doesn't blow out his Achilles during his pro day? And that's the you're not getting him back at all this year, I would imagine. You know, the fact that it happened this late in the process, it's not like it happened in season last year. Boy, May, Minnesota, that's another edge rusher that you could certainly go. Um, Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So there's a lot of different directions the Packers could go here. Something that's interesting, I don't know if they'll do it, but the Packers, you know, they've, uh, it was Valdez Scantling, I believe, that they, was that who they lost to the Kansas City Chiefs, the other wide receiver? Yes. Yep. So they have two needs at wide receiver. Could we see them double dip in round one at wide receiver? That's, that's where I'm sitting right now. And I'm Aaron, not. Aaron Rodgers wouldn't hate it. Aaron Rodgers would be ecstatic. The Packers, how many years has it been now without the Packers taking an offensive skill position player in round one? It's been, you know, I think Jordan Love and Rodgers, like, were the last two offensive skill position players the Packers have taken in round one. So, you know what? Let's have some fun. Let's do that. Traylon Burks out of Arkansas. Let's give the Packers two weapons at wide receiver in the draft. You get Jamison yeah. Williams to be your speeder, be your burner. You get Traylon Burks to be your big brute, you know, I, I, you know. Now, all of a sudden, Aaron Rodgers, he, he's happy he signed that contract to go back to the backers beyond the money. You're telling That'd me be nasty. That, uh, that they don't believe in Sammy Watkins? No, I don't <laughs> think Sammy Watkins is the long term. <laughs> Sammy Watkins, I think, is one of those better reality 
receivers than like a fantasy receiver. I think I like his blocking ability, but it's one of those where like he did not live up to the hype when the Buffalo Bills moved up to take him in round one, especially in what looking back now is just an absolutely loaded draft class at wide receiver. But he was good for those first couple of years Mm -hmm. and then kind of bounced around, but like still to this day, like, I mean, he will, he will take up a, a solid corner, like a solid corner is going to have to guard him. Yeah. They're going to, you're always going to have to worry about him to some degree. And so I, but I mean, I like that if, if they were able to get Traylon Burks and Jamison Williams, that would just be disgusting. Yeah. I think uh, some of the knock on Sammy Watkins, like I said, has to do with just how incredible that wide receiver draft was. You look at other receivers that were taken after him because he was the first one and the bills moved up to get him. You know, Mike Evans, Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, you know, Brandon Cooks has had a good career, even though he's been moved around uh, quite a bit. Um, you look at round two, uh, I think I, I forget what round it was. Um, Jarvis Landry was in that draft class as well. Uh, Devontae Adams went in round two. Like that is just an unbelievably loaded draft class in 2014 at wide receiver. And the fact that he was the top guy and he's not one of the top five wide receivers in that draft class, I think that's, you know, he hasn't lived up to the expectations. That's why I think people look down on him more than the production he's actually put out. Right. Yeah. I what think, were we going to say, Ethan? I was just going to say, speaking as a Packers fan, if they do this, I'd be ecstatic. But from the reality sense of it, I just know that there's a realistic chance that they might not take a wide receiver at all. They got to take <laughs> one. The They've got to take I, one. I think so too. And I, and I hope it is exactly kind of how Sean laid it out that they trade up and they get their guy with the first pick that they have. And then they use that second pick, whether or not they get two wide receivers to me, it is what it is. But as long as they address at least with one of those picks, I'll be happy as a Packers fan. You, you got to think going into like Aaron Rodgers talking about coming back. He was like, hey, you guys are fucking taking wide receiver in the first round. <laughs> like, like, you, I am. You got to. Every draft pick has to be run by me. I wouldn't be surprised if that was baked into the contract somewhere. That way they don't also, like take another, you know, cornerback in round one or QB in round one like they did the la- each of the last two years. Yeah. I'm also a big Alan Lazard, like, believer. Mm-hmm. And while I don't think he's the answer, he's not a wide receiver one by any stretch of the measure. But I think that that may be why they don't take two. Um, because mm-hmm. I think that Alan Lazard could be that solid wide receiver too that they have. And then you have Randall Cobb, Sammy Watkins kind of on the back end to, to fill those other holes. But Fucking I do, I do veteran get... wide receiver you there going on. <laughs> Randall Cobb, Sammy Watkins. All right, let's move on. We've got back-to-back Kansas City Chiefs picks coming up. I have the first one, pick number 29, Kansas City from San Francisco, from Miami. Um this is a this is a pick in which I think either way, I mean, whether or not they do with this pick or the next one, they're going to have to address their secondary. Um, they've lost uh, Jarvarius Tarver, Jarvarius Ward, I think. I don't know how about how how you say his first name. Yeah, I believe Jarvarius. Yep, Charvarius. That's what it is. Jarvarius, I knew it was, yeah. the, <laughs> something various. Various <laughs> Ward, uh, Tyron Matthew. Daniel Sorensen and Mike Hughes, although I don't think Daniel Sorensen's much of a loss. I think either way they're going to have to address this, and the one that I think that fell to them that they're going to have to go with is Daxton Hill, the safety cornerback out of Michigan. Uh, 
It's just, it's just the fit. He's versatile. That's the way he goes. He's going to be able to cover all those positions in which they lost. Um, we all know how bad the Chiefs secondary was last year, and this is, this is just a need for them, whether they cover it here or their next pick. I love that pick, and I love it because it was my pick at 30 with the Chiefs. So, <laughs> 29, uh, honestly, though, I, I can't even be mad because I think – You didn't want to trade up? Get that? Right. Can I trade my Chiefs pick for your Chiefs pick so I can get the guy that I – That is so um, funny. Yes. No, I do. I think that he fits exactly what they lose with more so Tyron Matthew than Traverius Ward. Right. He'll be that kind of that mm-hmm. great threat at safety, even though he's listed at least on my big board as a cornerback. I think he plays more like a safety, and I think he will play more like a safety in the NFL. So well, I think now they just need another. Mm-hmm. I think similar <laughs> yeah. to Tyron Matthew is how he's going to be utilized, where like he'll play some safety, but then they'll move him to slot corner because um, he yeah. played both of those spots at Michigan. And he is an unbelievable athlete. That's that's a player that I, I think is going to go in the first round that some people may not be like, okay, wait, why, why why did this guy go in round one? But then when you actually watch him play, it's that's why he went in round one. I agree. I think I think that, I mean, either with this pick or the next pick, they'll be able to take him. Hopefully they as a franchise don't mess it up. I would laugh personally if they did, but that's just me. Ethan, you have their 30th pick. Who you got? Yeah, I don't see them honestly going back to back defensive backs. I, I thought about they might take another corner just to try to address that need. But I think that they might dip into the wide receiver pool here, even though they signed Juju, even though they signed Marquez Valdez Scantling, taking a guy like um like a Sky Moore, like a uh, Jalen Tolbert could be a really good fit for them. And I think personally that they're going to take Sky Moore because to me, he's the best available wide receiver that is currently on the board. Um, and I think that they do dip into that pool and they try to fill that need in that position because you know, I've seen it as a Packers fan. You never really know what you're going to get out of MVS. Um, you might get six. You're going to get two catches for 83 yards yeah. a game. Exactly. <laughs> you're going to get. And so trying to find a guy to replace that Tyree kill like player that you have now, granted they do have, um, I mean, they still have Byron Pringle. Correct me. Nicole if Harbin. They don't have. Yeah. I was going to say, so, I mean, but that's no like the... dangerous receiver. Even yeah. Juju dating say, back to last year wasn't great. It's yeah. it's going to be impossible to replace the threat that Tyreek Hill was. Right. The best they can do is try to replace his production. And I think one of those two picks, it's going to be a, cor- a defensive back and it's going to be a receiver. Um, I'd be shocked if they don't go receiver round one, even though they've got multiple picks in the next couple of rounds. But I, You're I saying think we did Tyreek a good Hill, job. Yeah, I think y'all agreed, <laughs> but I think Tyree Kill's production is going to be replaced more collectively. You know, that like that scene from uh, Moneyball where they're talking about how to replace Jeremy Jambi. We're going to replace him in the aggregate. That's how they're going to work to replace Tyree Kill's production. They're gonna, it's going to be spread out over a couple of different guys. It's not going to be one guy who is the next Tyree Kill. If they can land someone in the draft, great. Um, that's another team I could see moving up in because they have so many picks packaging them to potentially jump ahead of those teams in the twenties, especially if, you know, like we had earlier in our draft where Jameson Williams starts slipping a little bit, you know, I think the chiefs are confident enough in their offense where, okay, we can get by the first couple of weeks of the season and then introduce Jameson Williams into our offense to be ready to go for playoff time. 
I agree. I like it. I like those two picks, especially how we utilize them back to back. We got two picks left, and then we'll kind of wrap things up, talk about it, think about how we did. But before we get to that, Sean, you were on the clock with the Cincinnati Bengals at pick 31. And this is where I was eyeing Linderbaum. And I thought he was going to be sliding this far just because, like I said before, it's not a sexy pick. You know, it reminds me of like Quentin Nelson from a few years ago when he was the, you know, one of the top players taken in the draft period as a guard. And a lot of people were like, are you really taking a guard that high? And, you know, the moment he's drafted, he's one of the best guards in football. I think Linderbaum is going to be the same way. And I thought he was potentially going to fall this far to Cincinnati. Um, But the Bengals really, their one weakness last year was at corner. Teams would try to pick on Eli Apple a lot with mixed results. So I think they try to build in that position group without another good offensive interior offensive lineman available. And they've already spent a lot of capital on the offensive line this offseason. So I'm looking at Kyer Elam out of Florida, the corner there, uh, taking him and, you know, in an AFC North where you got the, the, you know, Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson in Pittsburgh. You know, we saw the uh, Baltimore Ravens earlier in this draft, um, take the uh, the wide receiver uh, to USC, Drake London, you know, to bolster their wide receiver core. Um, I, I think corner is the move that the Bengals make to try to keep themselves, you know, at the, as of right now, as of last year, they won the AFC championship, the cream of the crop of the AFC. Yeah. I mean, he's a, I feel like he's a pretty undervalued corner uh, coming out of Florida SEC school, obviously allowing 19 catches at 191 yards. Uh, coming out of the SEC, uh, that's a pr- that's a pretty good pickup for them. Yeah, I actually like that pick a lot because had I really thought the Chiefs would actually double dip, he would have been my choice for that second cornerback because he's just so physical, um, physical to a fault at sometimes because he had seven penalties last year, but um, just a, just a really good all around cornerback and a guy who yeah probably a little undervalued. All right, we have it there, folks. Moving in to my last pick, number 32, the, the team that I get two picks from, the Detroit Lions. I don't I don't love this pick here. I can I can honestly see them trading back out of this pick or, or them offering it to a team that wants to get in on the first round action because that happens a lot. Um, because like I said before, that fifth round option is a, you know, contractually, it's a game changer for teams. You get an extra year of control of a player. If you're picking early round two, give up a late pick, move up a couple spots or a future pick and, you know, go get someone to get that extra year of control. Yeah. I mean, I, I totally like the way that you just said that I wasn't going to say it that way myself, but, uh, (laughs) like the, the number 32 pick, like it's it's so hard to get right, especially from a team that's already picked earlier earlier in the draft. Um, their needs are just kind of all over the place and sporadic. As far as defensive back goes, there's not really one there that I would like to see them take in the first round. Uh, so I'm going to go with again, not a sexy pick. I'm going to go with an interior defensive lineman. So yes, they took a defensive end. Now they're going to go interior defensive lineman. It's going to be Devontae Wyatt, defensive tackle out of Georgia. Um, I I saw a lot of mock drafts had them taking a quarterback. I don't think they're going to go quarterback um, just with the position that they're in with Jared Goff uh, and giving up the the capital they did and paying Goff as much as they're paying him. 
Uh, I think they're going to try to bolster that defense around him and try to succeed as a team that they that they already have. So Devontae Wyatt, defensive tackle, Georgia, not a sexy pick as a number 32 pick in the draft. No, I, I like that if they're not going to go QB, but I think QB, kind of like I alluded to before, with that extra year of control might be the pick unless they think that like they're going to be just awful again this year. You know, and and how many years is Dan Campbell going to be given a leash of being awful before all of a sudden it's okay? Yeah, you were a lot of fun last year. You got us hard knocks this coming off season. But when are, are we going to be start- able to flip the switch? Yeah, from when being gonna- that bad to being good? Yeah, like they're going to and- be able to get the quarterback they want next year. Yeah, and that's it. Like so, I that's why I could see them going QB or flipping it to a team that has a QB. Uh, I do know there's a, I'm looking up now on spot rack, but there is an out in Jared Goff's contract after this coming season. Uh, they'd save 20 million on the cap, take 10 million in dead cap hit. So this could be the final year for Jared Goff anyway. So that last pick, I could see a QB sneaking in. It just, you know, between it being year two under Dan Campbell, it's the end of the first round and they pick with the second pick in the second round anyway. So if there's someone you like, you you just need to make sure that the other team doesn't take them. So you got two guys that you like there that aren't a quarterback. You're going to get one of them no matter what. So I think the stars are kind of aligning for a QB, but like I said, if they aren't going to go QB, I think why it's a great pick there at the final spot. But I also feel that, that they could just completely load up on picks. If they're really looking for QB in this draft, they could trade mm-hmm. their second pick and just trade back and, and get the yeah. best quarterback in the draft class. And I go can that see them way. taking a QB at number two. I don't think it's out of the cards. I don't think it's going to happen. That'd be wild. But I don't think it's unrealistic that we see, like a Malik, like I said, with Jared Goff's contract, they got an out after this year. A Malik Willis, number two overall, I think is. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's reasonable to say there's no chance of it happening. Yeah, I feel you. Why uh, earlier, why I told Ethan that he stole my pick. My second, my backup pick there was Andrew Booth uh, to kind of address the, the secondary need that they had. Regardless, though, boys, I think that was a very good draft that we had. I think the, the most picks we've gotten right, uh, we were tied with, I think, last year in our first year. I want to say it was five or six. Was it seven? I think it's seven, seven in 2020, seven. I think. Or maybe so it was our first year, but yeah. yeah. So it was either our first year or last. I think it might have been tied. I think we got six in the in the second year in 2021, and we got seven. Wait, no. How? Or, I don't know. Either way, <laughs> either way, I think we got six and seven. So that's our record is to try to beat seven. going to be a little tough, but I really like this draft class. Uh, regardless, I think a lot of these guys that we took, whether or not it's the it's that order, we'll go in the first round because we we've seen time and time again it's kind of hard just to even get guys that go in that round or the first round. So, boys, anything you got to add? Um, I mean, who are some of the top guys that you like that are still out there at the end of the first round? Just you know, for teams that are picking at the top end of round two. Um, personally, I think two guys in particular, Lewis sign the safety out of Georgia. Um, mm-hmm. if you, you know, if you liked NFL blitz, go watch Lewis signs highlights. He absolutely <laughs> demolished some people while at Georgia. Um, 
So, you know, and then, you know, you go back to the quarterbacks that are available in round two as well at this point, Desmond Ritter, uh, Sam Howell, um, uh, the Matt Corral out of Ole Miss. There's a couple of QBs available there and the running backs that are available too. So I think there's some interesting players available in round two, Travis Jones, defensive tackle out of connect uh, UConn as well. I think could be another fun one for a team. Ethan, who, who were your, did you have anyone as a secondary pick on one of your teams that didn't get picked up tonight? I'm going to be honest. Um, I didn't really have, there wasn't anybody who I'm like, man, you know, could really see them going in the first round. I think Sean actually just covered a lot of them. I was actually going to go in a different direction for kind of some of this follow-up and say that I wouldn't be surprised if we see the Chicago Bears jump into the first round to get in on this wide receiver mix mm-hmm. because that is a position of desperate need for them. And if they're seeing all of these wide receivers start jumping off the board or they, they feel like that there's an opportunity that they can sneak into the first round and grab one, I think they will. Because they don't pick until pick 39, and they do have two second-round picks that they can you know, either give both of them up to get into the first round and give a pick away next year. But to be able to get in on that action, I think, is something that we might see. As well as I wouldn't be surprised if we see my, my the Miami Dolphins hop into the first round to grab an offensive lineman, which is a somewhat area of need. I know they picked up a couple, but... As a, as a is a big need that they need to address, uh, especially if they if they want to keep two around. So, I think that there there's going to be some trades. Obviously, we're not it's fucking impossible to predict a trade. Yeah. So we we do the best we can. I think we only we only had one tonight, which might yeah. be a record low. Uh, but I also <laughs> like that. Last year. Like, yeah, it gives a little bit of realisticness uh, because I don't think we've ever predicted a trade right. Well, I also think uh, you know I. I in doing a lot of the research that I did and just kind of reading some different things between ESPN and CBS, uh, PFF, is that this might be one of the most boring drafts that we've seen in a few years when it comes to that, like the action that we see on draft day of people trading, um, surprise moves. I don't know if we're going to see a lot of that this week. So, mm-hmm. um, and I think that that kind of maybe attests to why we didn't have a bunch of big trades or crazy picks, you know. Nobody's taking Eric Stokes with the 29th overall pick this year, like the Packers did last year. It's all just shocking. And it's worked out so far, but um, that was that was a reach, in my opinion, on draft day. So no, I think this so, is not a sexy draft at all. A lot of it, like it's super deep at edge rusher. It's very you know top heavy at offensive tackle, and you know a couple interior offensive linemen that went in the first round as well, but. You know, there's no like superstar QB or superstar running back in this draft. You know, we mentioned receivers deep, but they don't have that Jamar Chase that's coming out this year. Um, it's not a very sexy draft. And you mentioned the trades, Ethan. Like, I feel like a lot of that's already been preempted. It's happened before. You know, we didn't see Tyreek Hill get sent to the Miami Dolphins in a blockbuster draft day trade. That happened, you know, a couple of weeks ago. Before that, it wasn't a blockbuster deal where the Raiders are getting Devontae Adams. That happened before the draft. A lot of this is happening before draft day. So I think round one, you're right, like there's not going to be a lot of trades. And I think some of that has to do with it. the trades have already happened. Even just non-superstar you know, superstar trades involved. You saw the uh, Saints and the Eagles swap picks with each other. That's a typical trade that happens on draft day when you're just trading picks like that. But you know, both teams decided to pull the trigger before the draft and ESPN and NFL network are, you know, upset that's going to be hurting their ratings. 
Yeah, I mean, the best way that to enjoy the draft, I mean, to enjoy a draft that's not as exciting like this one is to do things like this, create a mock draft. Uh, there's draft games you can play. Us three, uh, Jared and another guy plays one every year. So that's fun to do. Uh, or just bet on it. So I'm looking at lines right now. Then I'm going to throw some some lines at you guys. Uh, right now, the, the first pick in the draft, Aiden Hutchinson is minus 200. I don't think that's a horrible value to get him at, honestly. Like, I think it's a pretty sure lock that he goes there. So throw some coin on that. You get some return. I thought a line that's super interesting. What's the line on Walker? Just curious. Not that I would bet it, but. Trayvon Walker? Yeah, because that's the only other name that I'm hearing other than, and not that I'm hearing it from sources, but like, you know, people are hearing from sources that Walker is the only other name in the mix. Top five, Trayvon Walker is minus 700. Yeah, like it, like I said, because and, people love his you know combine performance and how big and athletic he is, they kind of think he could be better than what he was at Georgia. So, and we had him at seven. So, yeah, that is we also that, the Giants. <laughs> yeah, don't don't love that. Um, outside of that, I'm looking at some like some deals you could get. Um, top ten. If you're thinking Kenny Pickett can fall in the top ten. He has plus 135, which I had him fall into the Falcons. Mm-hmm. Not horrible. Um, look at teams in the top 10 that need a QB. And really, it's the Saints, the Falcons, or not, excuse me, the Seahawks, the Falcons, and the and the Panthers. So it's one of those three spots that would take a Kenny Pickett. So that you're betting on whether those three teams individually would take him. Um. Here we go. We got we got some in the top in the top thirty two. So first round for you guys. This is all courtesy of DraftKings. Ethan, one for you. Um, George Pickens, even odds to go in the in the first round, top thirty two. Okay, so not Boy. bad. Sean, uh, you took David Ojabo, right? Or no? No, I said no, maybe, but I think just because of how late he blew out his Achilles, that like, is, I'd be shocked if he plus, played it all his rookie year. He's plus 175 to go in the first round. So if you think somebody might take a flyer on him. Packers at the end of the first round would be like that spot. Sky Moore, Ethan, plus 130 in the first round. Uh, Lewis Sign, plus 100. So there's somewhere you can get some value at in the first round. Here we go. Here's here's, Here's a good one that I always like betting on. Total defensive players. Drafted in the first round. I want you guys to both throw me out a number because it's over under. And we'll tell you where you're where we're at. I'll go 18 and a half. Is that the over under? I was Ethan? gonna say 16 and a half. All right. Looks like we're taking the over because it's 15 and a half. Really? Yeah. I, I would take the over with that. Unless I would take the over, absolutely. Great. A ton of wide receivers coming off the board in the in the mid like the twenties of the first round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so over fifteen and a half is minus one twenty five odds for total defensive players taken. I think it's a pretty solid bet. I don't think that this is a real bet, but I've got a really obscure bold take for you guys. If Ray McBride does not go off the board in the second or third round, I think a kicker will get drafted before a tight end this year. 
Ooh. <laughs> I'm just I'm calling it now. Is is there a like a line on that? Like out That's there somewhere that a kicker will go for that'd be a funny prop bet to like actually put money on that's yeah, one of those like... that like you know you see action tweet out afterwards like someone bet like 50 bucks on that right. and walks away with like a couple thousand exactly like so you get ten thousand odds you can yeah. bet on here's an even better bet the first special teams player selected okay and it is that round it, no, just the first special teams player selected, which might be better than just kicker. Mm-hmm. No, it- Matt Matt Areza, that punter from San Diego State, oh, who yeah. fucking just bombs the ball. <laughs> Minus 175. Yep. Imagine being a tight end and a punter gets taken before the, uh, you. Combine, right? Yeah, Cade York's plus 800 if you really wanted to take a flyer. <laughs> <laughs> but Matt, that Matt Areza kid is just nuts, though. Yeah. So you I, know, I mean, DraftKings has so many draft specials. Yeah, because what were you saying? There's, I was just saying that's just something I thought about because this tight end class is not good this year. Trey McBride had no. a, like an incredible season for Colorado State this past season, but it's again, it's just like you know, if you're if you're an NFL team and you're looking at it, he's not super high on the board. Might go second or third round. It's not a ton of need for tight ends. I feel like this year, I know a couple teams. In particular, the Buccaneers, if uh, Gronk doesn't come back, granted, he's also, you know, probably in his last year regardless. They lost O.J. Howard. Um, They could be a team that could pick somebody up in the second round. But otherwise, you know, I could see a kicker or a punter going in the fourth or fifth round, even maybe the third, because that Areza guy and the ability that he has to just boom the ball downfield. Yeah. Here – I agree with you, but here's a good bet. Here's a here's a good line that I've never seen. Total first round trades. And I'm gonna do the same thing I did with you for offensive players. Sean, mm-hmm. how many what would you set the line at over under? Two and a half. I would have said the exact same thing. It is fucking five and a half. Oh I'm thinking under on that. Under under five and a half minus one fifteen, that may be lock of the first round. The only and, things well, Sean, that could spurn that is if there's a feeding frenzy uh, to go get a QB or go get your wide receiver in the 20s, like I mentioned, just because there's so many teams there that have the same exact need as each other. And it's all right. Who wants it more? You know? Yeah. And Sean already mentioned it. You you've already had so many trades before the draft has even started this year and that a lot of the drafts that we typically would see have already happened. So. Yep. I agree. Um we're going to wrap things up here and just want to put together on some of our draft. So if you wanted to bet a little bit on just the draft that we just had, there is an exact order on DraftKings where you can bet. It's got the top three. There's five, there's a few options. Hutchinson, Thibodeau, Gardner, plus 450. That is the fourth favorite. So not bad. And then the first two exact order, Hudson. Hutchinson Thibodeau is the favorite at plus one ninety. So there you have it. You could uh, you could bet on our draft there. Hopefully we do well for you guys. We want to provide the best draft coverage possible. Also, thank you Ethan. Thank you Sean. Taking time out of your Sunday night to hop on, mm-hmm. shoot the shit, do our draft episode since Jarrett couldn't be here. Um, so yeah, just thanks guys. Thanks for having Absolutely. us. Absolutely, yeah. we're excited for Jarrett. Um, 
Hope that he's doing well. Hope baby Camden's doing well as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, congratulations <laughs> to now Father Jarrett. Fa- Father Jarrett. Now he's a dad. Uh, not sure next time he'll be on the episode. Might be me and Ethan, me and Sean running some episodes uh, for the next month or so to get us through until Jarrett's back up and going. But until then, thank you guys uh, for always listening. Big draft episode. So we will see you probably next week with uh, with more stuff to talk about. So yep. peace. Happy drafting. Peace. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 